Hello and welcome to episode number 247 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. With me today are Melody and Julia from Romance Podden. Romance Podden is a Swedish language podcast about romance. And as they will tell you, it is the biggest romance fiction podcast in Northern Europe. First, I'm going to embarrass myself with my extremely elementary Swedish, which I tried to learn in anticipation of their interview with me. Um, we also talk about language, and we hear from Julia first. Then Melody joins us in the middle of the episode. So you'll hear one voice, and then you'll hear Melody come in. We talk about romance in Sweden, specifically romances that have been published in Swedish, and how those books and the reputation of romance in general has been changing. We also touch on how social policy in Sweden affects the performance of romance tropes that we're pretty used to in American romance. And of course, we talk about how they discovered romance and some of their favorite books. Now, I am still working with the new equipment, and this was recorded at RT. So much like you learn your work-life balance, I am also working on my left-right balance, and I'm trying to make sure that it sounds like everyone is on the same microphone as opposed to one person being in your left ear and the other person being in your right ear. So I did my very best. I so appreciate the feedback on the last episode. I am still working with this equipment, but dude, it's so much fun, and it's super professional, and it's really intimidating. So thank you for the kudos and for the suggestions. And speaking of suggestions, I want to give some ample and bountiful thanks to my Patreon supporters because without them, these interviews would not sound so good. Uh, if you would like to support the show for as little as a dollar a month, head on over to patreon.com slash smart bitches and you can help keep the show going and generally offer a little bit of assistance in making sure that the show has transcripts and the equipment stays gnarly, gnarly being good, not bad. I also want to say that I'm building fun uh, new bonuses and thank yous for Patreon supporters now, so you guys can watch for that coming soon. And if you've had a look, thank you very much. This podcast is being brought to you by Audible. Audible has an unmatched selection of audiobooks, which I listen to while walking my dogs. And if you travel, let me tell you, or you're walking, or you're just doing something, having someone tell you a story is so much fun. Now, I have more narrator recommendations because I heard from you that my last set were really good. So I've got more. I've got treats for your eardrums. Are you ready? Okay. First of all, Joe Manganiello narrates Dragon Bones and Dragon Blood, the Hurog duology from Patricia Briggs. So if you like Patricia Briggs and you like Joe Manganiello, uh, you should totally check that out. I have also listened to Modern Romance by Aziz Ansari. And when you are reading something that you also wrote, it can be a bit of a challenge. I have tried to narrate my own work and it's really very difficult. However, he's really good at it and it's fascinating and very funny. Now, another treat for your eardrums, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving, performed by Tom Meissen, who played, I hope it's Meissen, maybe it's Meissen. Now I should look it up. Either way, he played Ichabod Crane on Sleepy Hollow, which was finally canceled, but the first season was pretty rad and his narration is terrific. Two more to recommend to you. Stephanie Daniel narrates the Franny Fisher series, and you know how much I'm a, I am a fan of the books and the TV series. So her narration is awesome, especially considering how many different core characters there are in that series. She does a brilliant job. And finally, if you're thinking, no, 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 more romance fiction, Rosalind Landor narrates so many excellent books. Julia Quinn, Courtney Milan, you're not going to run out of books from Rosalind Landor, and she's brilliant. It's like the audio equivalent of sitting in the most comfortable chair. It's great. So if you're thinking, now I want to try, you totally should. You can get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial 
at audible.com slash smart podcast. That's audible.com slash smart podcast. If you use that URL, you will get a 30 day free trial and a free audiobook. Plus, you'll get exclusive programming from Audible, including Authorized, which, as I've been saying in other podcasts, is all about sex and romance and it's brilliant this season. It's a really great job. So if you use that URL, audible.com slash smart podcast, you're letting them know that advertising on podcasts like mine is effective and then you get all the good narrators. And if you want more suggestions, you can always email me. I will totally provide more audiobook suggestions. My dogs will also tell you we take really long walks because I'm still listening. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. I'll have information at the end of the show as well as links to all the books and things we discuss. But in the meantime, without any further delay... On with the podcast. Here's what I would like to try to do. Don't laugh too hard. I'd like to try to have a very rudimentary conversation with you in Swedish. Go ahead. Because in preparation for this interview, I started doing language training through my local library. Because I speak English and Spanish, but I do not speak Swedish. Swedish is a little weird linguistically speaking you're weird no english is difficult because there's too many freaking words it's because you steal all of them yes we do shamelessly so the thing that tripped me out about swedish was the um the different forms of the word you Mm -hmm. and the fact that there are no helping verbs so like is doing is going there's just go and it's, it, it's like, oh, it's just, it's fascinating. Yeah, we, we conjugate the verbs for the, and I mean, I should say, I speak Russian as well. Oh, dude. And that's where we get complicated. Yeah, so. that's a whole other thing. So, hi. Hey. Hur står det till? Det är bara bra. Hur är det själv? Bara bra, tack. Okay, I, I just learned this one this morning. Hang on. Oh, I can't remember how to say nice to meet you. Trevligt att träffas. Yes, trevligt. Trevligt. At träffas. At träffas. Day. Nice to meet you. Yeah, close enough. Okay. The summer means the same. Oh. Likewise. Um, what heter du? Jag heter Julia. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am very, very impressed. Okay, this is like this is lessons one, two, and three with a little mango who teaches me things. And the mango wears glasses and he and there's like a duo mango. <laughs> no, Duolingo. I tried to learn French. Duolingo is going to teach you how to say individual words, mm-hmm. but mango is very focused on conversational language training. Nice. So there's like a whole conversation. There's Bara Jag heter Eva, and va heter du? Kurt. So Kurt and Ava talk a lot. They get a lot to say. But the conversational Swedish was super fun. And then there was one other one other thing that I learned this morning when I was on the treadmill. Excellent is utmacht. 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 And then you're welcome. I forgot. What is your welcome? Vashagut. Vashagut. So barabra tak is very good. Thank you. Yeah. So tak is thank you. And you're welcome is Vashagut. Vashagut, which is literally saying be so good. Be so good. It's all infinitive. Mm-hmm. That was the part that tripped me out because I was like, so what parts of this word? What? What? what I've seen parts of this word before. I'm like, oh, it's all infinitive. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay, thank you. So now I feel super cool that I worked on my Swedish. I, I think you're super cool too. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, I really think languages are amazing. And I also love that, you know, through my library, I get free language training. I can learn Hawaiian. I can learn pirate. I can learn Swedish, Norwegian. That's Danish, really cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, grew yeah. up, I grew up with linguist parents. Oh, so you so speak three languages? I speak four languages pretty well. Swedish, because my mother's Russian. So I spoke Swedish and Russian. 
and I learned English on my own from TV when I was about six, and then Spanish in school, and then I speak sort of vaguely touristy conversational French and German, and Italianish. Yeah. So is it and true that you can understand Finnish and not at all because no. Finnish is its no, own Norwegian. language. Norwegian. Norwegian. Yes. Norwegian and Danish. If I'm also drunk. Because I'm they, super fucking fluent in Spanish when I'm drunk. Yeah, no, because Danish... You're Danish, just multilingual in general when you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, no, because D- Danish is very sort of guttural and quick. So um, Finnish is uh, its own language group. It's the yes. Finno, Finno-Ugrian, and yes. it's only Finnish, Hungarian, and Estonian. Yes. So, Which is why the Estonians and the... Um, especially the Estonians believe that but they the Baltics are, are, are believe they're uh, a, a Nordic, yeah, and they're Nordic, and the other Nordics are like not so much. And Icelandic, you can sort of understand if you if they speak very very slowly because that's the way we all talked many low these hundreds of years ago. And but they've been so isolated that they haven't evolved the, the same way. The same for me is true of um, listening to Cuban Spanish because I learned Spanish in Spain with a very thick accent. And I learned I when I because I went to high school in California and I had to unlearn my lisp because I'd had a Spanish Spanish teacher in wow. Swedish, so I had to unlearn my lisp, um, and then also like li- watching some um, Spanish and primarily Latino YouTube content. It's also funny because I remember talking about both different parts of Spain and South America where they drop their s's and yep. all the different. So I, I love had an it. Argentinian Spanish teacher, and I was like, what? the hell did you just say because when you get an argentinian going at full speed they i mean every language sort of has a cadence and a song the argentinian is just it's like listening to someone speaking a language at regular speed but the tone and the notes that they actually use is like it's like tom larry doing the element song like i can't i can't i can't what i know that was spanish what and to get this back on on podcast topic melody and i were joking before that we should for rt next year uh, email the organizers and offer to do a workshop on Vikings for oh. romance writers oh. to be like oh, this is this is come on let's let's oh. talk about actual oh, oh my gosh that would be so amazing yes. which would also be hilarious since both Melody and I look like the the very archetype of Swedes you super tall blue eyed blonde slim yeah. and silent whole Not thing yeah at all no <laughs> So let me back up because we're still waiting for one person. Would you yeah. be so kind as to introduce yourself to people who will be listening and yes. tell us about your podcast? My name is Julia Scott. I'm Jag heter Julia. Jag heter Julia. Yes. But I'm not going to do the rest for your poor listeners. I'm a journalist and writer in Sweden. And uh, if you want to, I can do the accent because sometimes people are disappointed that I don't have the sexy accent. Melody and I, along with three other friends, have a podcast in Sweden called Romance Podden. Which is, we joke that it's Northern Europe's largest romance podcast, which is true, but partly because we're the only one. Dude, take that and run. Right? Right? Um, That's great promotion. And uh, so what we do is, um, we generally, we do, we rotate. So every other episode is what we call a book club. Mm -hmm. So we've read a book and we've told people about a month ahead what we were reading and then we talk about it. And every other episode is themed somehow. So we did an episode explaining how the um, British aristocracy system works, uh, or talking about... Are you uh, saying that some people don't get it right? I know. What? But just trying to explain it, or talking about underwear, or like all these different things, both uh, historical and contemporary, and and movies and stuff. And sort of, I think, what you have found is that 
romance readers are very happy to a find other romance readers and romance talkers and someone who talks about it with that certain combination of both respect and irreverence yep um and who who i don't know we we take it seriously but we don't take ourselves too seriously yes i very much relate to that yeah um and when you really love something you also have to acknowledge the parts where it is ridiculous yeah, and, and it's it's I think it's also that thing where, you know, you can't talk shit about my parents or my siblings. But I can I can. <laughs> and because and because, you know, it's that thing also I think where, you know, I love you and I know that you can do better. I love you and for that matter or for mm-hmm. that because of that I'm going to demand more of you. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's also funny because the five of us uh we joke sometimes that we are one of the few podcasts that aren't two white guys talking about their phones sponsored by Squarespace. Uh, But we are also actually, I think both in Sweden and in the U S and like in the whole podcast, unfortunately we're in Swedish. um, So, I mean, we can, we we have some language or English language episodes, but we are actually one, I think one of the more diverse podcasts in, in the Western world. Yeah. um, Because we're not all sort of white Swedish born, um, we're all... Aren't you all DJs? <laughs> Hi. Hi. Uh, bra. <laughs> we, start, we started the episode okay. in brief conversational Swedish. Oh, So really? I was very impressed. Wow. Wow. I learned very... Because I knew I was going to yeah. do this. I learned basic Swedish from my local library. That's yep. awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. It's actually something that I remember living both in, in Massachusetts when I was a small kid and then in California is... American libraries, as much as we sometimes mock American public services, I remember the library in Ocean Beach in San Diego, where I lived, they had um, those rotating racks mm-hmm. of paperbacks. Spinners, yep. Yeah. That's where my romance is, where we're in my library. Exactly. And they had this adorable thing where uh, hardcover books you checked out, but the the paperbacks, they just did like a little notation on mm-hmm. like a piece of, of index card them. like that. They didn't track them or circulate. And I could like just take home 10 or 15 romances, yep. be back four days later, return them, bring out 10 or 15 more because that wasn't accessible at my library in Sweden. Uh, and my mom didn't really read romances, so I didn't have access. I had, uh, I started reading romances with uh, my my sister is a little bit older than I am, and had and she had romances that I think that she had like inherited from our aunt or something. I remember you talking our, about older older female. Always our literary inheritance. Yeah, like inherit from older women around us. Exactly because well, I steal yeah. from them without them knowing. So either either our aunt or our cousin was I think part of one of those like Harlequin book clubs, or I, I don't even remember exactly how it was, but that's where I found them, and then the library in. In San Diego is where I really fell in love with them because I had access to tons. And then what is kind of sad in Sweden is that when they translate Harlequins, they will often uh, very much like simplify or cut out. Like they're translated very, very quickly, very, very cheaply, but they will also condense them. So Yes, they they fit to a smaller word count. Yeah, uh, which means that Harlequins Harlequins have even worse of a reputation in Sweden because a lot of times they actually are bad. Oh man! Which These which is moments have been taken out. Yeah, and like just d- story development, character development, and they're also censored to a certain extent. Yeah, Sweden. that's part of it. Which as well. is weird because we don't have the same sort of sexual uh, censorship in Sweden at all. 
Maybe, maybe they're like, well, this isn't going to be titillating to Swedes because yes. we we sauna naked. So. Or maybe it's because they're catering to. They think they're catering to an older audience, and they think they don't want to read graphic yeah. sex scenes. But again, they're they're translated very quickly, so the language isn't as good and stuff. Should we maybe introduce I was just our? Say, <laughs> we've been joined by yet another person. Can you please introduce yourself? Um, yes, my name is Melody Lovelin. Uh, I'm a part of Romance Bulldog. Uh, the pod- podcast, I assume, Julia has introduced you guys to. Yep. And <laughs> you are a Swede as well. Yes, I am a Swede as well. Um, though Sweet. I have parents who are not. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, yeah, I was telling her about how uh, we are one of the most diverse podcasts in the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> she was saying, yes, we, we all look very Swedish. We're all tall and blonde. And yeah. Speaking of narrow definition. Exactly. But that, that we have actual different backgrounds. We're not we're not all straight. We're not all... Like, it's it's a... The I know. devil you say. <laughs> so, which is, which is funny. We're all, you know, working in middle class professions and all that sort of thing. And we're all... We do have the the unfortunate matter of the fact that the only two non-white people in the show are related. <laughs> <laughs> They're cousins. Yes. <laughs> we all know each other. Are we... Well, there's like nine total Swedes, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you're both Swedes and you're like, your podcast is in Swedish. Yes. And you talk all about romance. Yes. yes. Okay. And um, it was... Did, how much did you t- talk about how we started out? We haven't actually gotten to that. Because okay. my two questions that I wanted to ask you, one... <laughs> How did you come to start a Swedish podcast about romance? And two, what is romance, the fiction, like in Sweden? What books do you get? What language do you read in? Because I've read a number of email messages that I've received from people in very far Eastern Europe who then apologize for their English, but they learned English purely to read romance because it's not translated into their language. And we were just talking about translation. So I'm really curious, what is romance as a genre like in Sweden? Well, if we start with the podcast, it actually started as a regular book club yeah melody and i were in the same french French book book club club. so we read books (laughs) about france and algeria just like france or translated translated from french francophile yeah you guys read laura florin no Uh, no but i have her on my tbr yeah uh so after your podcast (laughs) and then and then melody and i think it was we read madame bovary yeah and started talking about romance tropes and Melody and a few in there, and just just a couple. <laughs> um, and Melody and I started talking about the. F- somehow we discovered that we both read and like romance novels. Yes, and Isn't we that always how it goes, right? <laughs> and so we started talking about like we should just have like a romance, like was it learned ladies frilly fiction, just like yes, to we talk about. Yeah, borrowed. <laughs> and so our, stole and, <laughs> your formula. That's brilliant. <laughs> and, I love that name. And. So our first sort of book club meeting, we couldn't find a time that worked, so we did it over Skype. Yeah. And so we were joking about how this is hilarious, we need to share this. And I think because we were all on headphones, it probably triggered the thought. Because yeah, I already I already had a podcast and yeah. stuff about knitting, and, and, and we're like, we, we should share this. Yes. And the thing was, too, that... Um, Julia is, she, she is a so-called self-taught romance lover, um, and I, the thing is, I was, my romance, my, my return to romance, because I, I, I read a lot of romance when I was a kid, uh, but I didn't know they were romance, they were just the dirty books that I found at the second-hand shop. Uh, <laughs> but a I, very common experience. Yes. And I was looking for uh, smutty fan fiction, uh, and this was about maybe seven years ago. I was looking for smutty fan fiction, and I googled smutty fan fiction, where to find it. <laughs> 
Awesome Googler here. Uh, and I came up and I found this site where there was a list of different uh, fan, uh, fan fiction uh, review sites. And one of those sites was like, this isn't fan fiction, but it's romance novels. And it's really, really good. And that was your get out. It was more bitches trashy books. And That's then I went in there and I, and, I, and I saw that you had sorted, sorted the, the reviews by grade. So I went to the A plus ones. And I think the first one... I just because when I came, when I got to that site I was like my people, <laughs> um, and I think I think the first the first book I read I don't know if it was um, I think it was something by Tessa Dare it was before sunrise no before midnight something I don't remember um, and because there, there's her whole. Uh, Hours of the Day series, which yes. also I can never get the names right, which is which. <laughs> but I, I remember reading it, and I was like, I like this. I like it. This is all the stuff that I've been looking for, you know, because a lot of people that are on your podcast talk about it too. That they read fiction and they kept magnetizing themselves to the romance plot, and they kept yes. looking for other books that also had a fleshed out romance plot. Yes. And when I read that, I was like, this is all of that. I don't need to look for the chocolate and the tra- trail mix. I just I have it all here. And what, what I think is also fun about our podcast is that we are, I mean, again, in some, some ways we're all, you know, educated, middle-class yeah. women, uh, but also we have come to romance differently and at different points. Yes. Uh, because Melody has infected people yeah, with romance. Because that was my reaction to seeing that. It's like, this is, the, I, need, I need other people to know about this. And uh, to talk about this. So <laughs> the other three have, I think... To various degrees, read like more classical, like well, you know, Jane, Austen, like the things that yeah. we're all taught to read, but have come to romance as adults, and it's also something that we've talked about that I find fascinating is that Melody has had a lot of shame about her romance reading. Oh yeah. Whereas and I was like, has shamed you. Well, I think you it was just internalized it. I I was um uh, I this is this is a weird story that I'll just keep really short. I used to be a part of uh, uh, the Church of Latter Day Saints. I was a Mormon, and I was a Mormon until I was 16, and then I left the church. Um, and during that, you know, that really, really important time, like between 12 foreman. to 16, yeah, when I was when I was becoming, uh, getting to adulthood somehow, uh, there was a lot of shame about about sexuality in yes. general, and and I was I was really I thought that all this, and I really really liked romance when I was 12. I mean, it was I mean, yeah, it was. Um, uh, and and I kind of felt that no, this isn't this isn't the right thing to do. This isn't righteous. This isn't uh, what God wants me to do, and all that crap. Um, so yeah, that's so it's really a lot to overcome. It's unfair so that you can't go like I have I have borne witness to, the, to sex. <laughs> yes, but the thing was that when I was twenty and in my twenties, and I discovered you guys, and I discovered these books, and I was like, this you're not alone. Yeah, and I was and I'd gotten rid of all that shame about my sexuality, and I felt like okay, this time I'm not gonna. I'm not going to go around hiding this and, and keeping it inside. So I spread it to uh, Eileen, that is a member of our podcast, and uh, my cousin, uh, Nico. Uh, and you and, and Amanda. Ma- uh, and Amanda, yeah, because uh, Eileen spread it to Amanda. <laughs> Who is also a member of the so podcast. Little... Your patient zero yes. in the infection of romance. I have this... Well done. <laughs> Good job. Whereas I think I came in as the, I don't know, the the already inoculated member because i think whereas my experience is i grew up in a in a family of of academics plus i was very very ostracized and alone as a child so i think like it's not so much like oh i'm above the shame i was just like a i had the cultural capital to be like well i'm also fancy (laughs) 
uh, B, I was like, well, fuck it. I can't do anything right anyway. But then I also, I have a master's degree in romantic comedies. And one of the things that I believe very passionately in is taking things seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I the do that as... The people love deserve serious treatment. Exactly. And also part of it is that the things that people actually consume are more important to how society works and looks than the things that are art. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it is important to get your PhD in, you know, Bergman or Almodovar or whatever, but the things that people actually watch is what also goes into their consciousness. And the stories that we learn about society, about men and right. women, about love, about all these things, you know, the, the things... culture. The, and, and the very, like, the lowest of the low popular culture is also what you turn on when you need a break, when you need, like, you turn off your brain and it just goes straight in, for better or for worse. Yes. Um, but I, I very much, like, I believe in taking trash culture seriously as literature, as film, not just as entertainment. Uh-huh. And I believe very much in taking the things that women consume that are there for the trash of the trash. Oh, yes. Seriously. Yes, please. So but fun. I also love talking trash. <laughs> I love just, like... You know, talking about things both again, like mm-hmm. we talk, we, we take the subject seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. And it's yes. liberating. I think our podcast and our book club before that um, is a form of of like mental liberation in a lot of ways. Because I often when when we guys meet, I feel like I feel a little exhausted afterwards. Like I've oh, yeah. like I've expended a bunch of energy by by this all this pent up energy that I've been holding on that I can't really talk about at my job where I, I, work, yeah. I work as a radio I work as a journalist for a pop culture radio show and strangely we can't talk about romance <laughs> <laughs> but my, my original point was also that it's it's funny that the other three because they've come to romance as adults they're sort of they go into it beyond yes. the shame because they're just yes. like mm, whatever like because they've had the chance to evolve and you know yeah. as you say uh get down to the number of fuck cards they actually have in a year. Yeah, like, they're already two. there. Yeah, yeah two. Exactly. You don't um, go anywhere with those. But, yeah, no, and, and, I know, also, like, there's something very powerful about women talking to women without apologizing yeah. for it. Like, it's, oh, it's... so true. Like, just, you know, support your local girl gang to be yeah. like, you don't have to apologize for liking to hang out with women. And for liking to talk about yeah. women things. Um, we, we also had a similar experience that you guys have with your, your blog. That I Well, personally, I didn't think anyone would listen to us. Because I didn't oh. think we were that many. Who's going to take Who's going to do this? It's, it's, it's been fun to have you know, the, the book column of Sweden's, Sweden's largest newspaper talking about oh, how yeah. you know, she wants to spend the rest of her life on a fainting couch eating bonbons and listening to us. And you go... <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. Us, really? <laughs> <laughs> and and it's just, I think it's it was like this collective, I don't know, like combination of a, of a sigh of relief and a sigh of pleasure and a sigh of like contentment and safety. Just like everyone went, oh, yay. Yes. Because um, I kind of get the impression that a lot of people that listened to us were like, I, I didn't know I wanted this. I didn't know this was this was something that could exist or in I, a Swedish context. And I didn't know that the, the, the thing that I loved had a name yeah. and that there was so much of it and there were yeah. other people who yeah. could tell me about it. Like, that's another discovery I think people have a lot, too. Like, and oh, what I think is oh. fun is that also people listen to us who don't really read romance. Yes, I've had Be- that same experience. Because they're like, well, it's like, A, you can listen to smart and funny people talk about oh. a thing they love, and it's just like, this is fascinating. But again, it's literature. Yeah. Like, I might not listen to 
a sports podcast, but I can listen to a generalized TV podcast and still listen to the episodes about the shows I don't watch. I can listen to a conversation about just about anything. If the people who are having the conversation are into it, I could know exactly. absolutely less than anything about it. There's a lot of sports talk radio in the United States where it's one guy yelling at a room. Like, one guy yells itself is so boring to me. Like, I just don't give a shit. And I'm like, this guy's just yelling at himself. But when you have two people who are having a conversation, well, then that's just legitimate eavesdropping, and that's totally fine. Yeah, like, my... my well, this is funny. I, I We've been married for almost seven years, and I still... No, wait, six years. And I still call him my boyfriend, and I have friends who go, like, that's not... And I was like, but I'm sorry. But... He will sometimes listen to some of the podcasts I make. He's not a knitter. He's not a romance reader. Mm -hmm. He likes the one I make where I just talk to people who... I have one that literally is about talking to people who are super into a thing. And it can be anything. I love that. And they just get to talk because I lo also love people who are... is wonderful. Exactly. But, like, he will sometimes listen to an episode or two and be like, well... I don't get any of this, but it's hilarious. <laughs> and he's like, you guys, you guys talk, you guys talk about weird Vikings and you said funny things. And also you said penis tea. <laughs> um, is it a little but, alarming when your spouse listens to your podcast? Not <laughs> at all. Well, for me, every time but, my husband's like, oh, I listened to the last episode. I'm like, what, why? What, why? why? I think, I think, my boyfriend is forbidden. He can't, he, I don't, I won't allow because uh, he will he will bring that stuff up in other conversations and I'll be I will get super super paranoid about when did I tell you that, that I, yeah. I know I think one of one of my <laughs> one of the facets of my I know package of social dysfunctions is that I just go Meh. Yeah. Like my oh, well. my my your give a fucks have run low. My give a fucks have run low. I, I I think it might even be that like I have them I just don't see them. I'm like they're in another purse. It's fine. <laughs> um so I'm just like, what up? Because I think I just feel like my husband, but, but always when I give speeches at weddings, I tell them about the thing that my parents sort of gave me within their own marriage. Uh, they will say to each other, you knew who I was when you married me. And which you can say either in a fight or just like as a joking thing. Yeah. And he knew who I was. He knew that I like penis jokes <laughs> and bad puns yeah. and that I read a lot and all of these things. And his, we, we, we were talking before the podcast about how Finns are at the very extreme of introversion. And my husband, his parents are a Swedish elementary particle physicist and a Finnish woman who also has a degree in physics. So they are not like me. They're a bit more... Quiet. Reserved. I mean, they're, they're very <laughs> nice and they talk. They're not... It's just like they're... They're very they're, reserved. They're, they're more reserved. They Extreme warm up, but but they have also accepted me. They you know they went like okay, so she is loud and she has tattoos and she has a degree in something very weird, and I mean sometimes sometimes it's hilarious where, you know my 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 father in law he finds proof of the Big Bang in measuring devices in the ice in Antarctica, and I will go. I talked about anal in history today. Wow. <laughs> or like, I wrote a column about this thing. But they're, they're wonderfully supportive. And I think also <laughs> my, my mother, again, I grew up with academics. My mother is a children's and young adult literature scholar. She has her own research center at Cambridge University, as one does. So, as you do. Yeah. So I grew up also having a lot of discussions about low culture, about things that, you know, aren't taken seriously or that aren't... You know that that every, people think that anyone can do as well because that's a very interesting parallel. I, I, people figure that anyone can write a kids book, and people think anyone can write romance. Um, and like you were saying, 
the, the main difference is that this is culture created by and for the same people. Somebody be- before at the breakfast this morning, somebody was walking around handing out promotional cards and stuff. Um, one of those, like, take a picture with this quote, post it, have a chance to win. It doesn't say what you can win, which is weird. Yes. But, and she said, because I have my, my green doohickey on, which says published author. And she said, oh, you're a writer. I don't know if you want this. And I was like, this, if any place, should be the place that they know that that is the same thing. Yep. I am a reader as well. Well, this, I don't know very many romance authors who aren't also romance readers. I, ex- know, I can think of, like, three total. Exactly. And it's... At a place like this, there are certain certain like weird safe spaces like this. I joke that it's wonderful to not have to see a man for three days unless you want to, except the, <laughs> the cover models. We don't have cover models at yarn fairs, but here we do, so there are men. <laughs> but it's also the fact that even though there are, obviously there's the famous people, the people who make lines, the people who do all the things, but those people will also squee at each other. You know that Alyssa Cole has someone she really wants to meet here. And Alyssa Cole probably... You know, has someone she follows on Instagram who maybe has a blog, maybe... Like, it's the... It is a slightly more even playing field. There are still the stars, but those stars will hug people. Yep. Which is... It's not like a, a you know, a sci-fi convention where you... Like, you have the stars, they sit behind the table, you pay $15 to take a picture with them. Yeah. So... That's the, not the case here. The readers are the writers, and people really, really love the genre. Even even the people who some would claim are just like, you know, hacks or not hacks, but are just like churning out stuff or even the people who are professional writers in the most literal and boring sense, like bread writers, are still like they love the genre. So it was really funny that she was like, I don't know if you want one of these cards. I'm like, Yeah, of course. course. Dude, bro, lady. <laughs> of course. What? And and that's something that I just think is so amazing to have a community that is so very much like insular in the best way yep. that is of for we are all caring by each other and yeah, I don't know we don't and just to turn the, that to your other question uh, about Sweden because we don't really have those kinds of forums in Sweden not when it comes to romance because the industry isn't, isn't as big isn't as big there is uh, most of what you see American authors uh, we I mean we read mostly American authors yeah I, I think um, what it is is that and I think part of that, that is that the Harlequin thing has sort of, not necessarily tainted, but there's this idea that that's what romance is. So we've had a very, very large chiclet industry, yeah, both importing tons of British, primarily British, but mm-hmm. also a lot of American chiclet. But also we have had a lot of Swedish chiclet. Um, and the way that, that we separate out, like chiclet slash women's fiction, the way we generally separate it out in the podcast, but also when you look at publishing, is uh, romance. In, in romance, the happily ever after is the coupling. In Chicklet or Women's Fiction, the happily ever after is the development of the character. So there's like, often uh, a dude, but the the, the goal that's part is of not, it. exactly it's not the like only thing. exactly. So, Katja so, Ingemarsson, yes, Chicklet, exactly. I read that as yesterday's news, but I think in Swedish it was Little Yellow Lemon. Yeah, can I say you mentioned small citron gula? That's it. Yes, it was small citron. Yeah, um, I and so so we love that book. But yeah, that no, and there's is but it's Chicklet, like. It's not and the, the romance. Exactly. So we've had a lot of that. You know, the, the shoes and purses books. The the pink the, the pink and pale blue. And I don't mean that. I've read so many of those books, and I often love them. They can be amazing. No, that's how you describe your genre. It's not exactly. pejorative at all. And it's funny. Again, this is the place where I shouldn't have to do that, but I still want to make sure that people don't think that I'm the yeah, but You're but, using language in a non-judgmental yeah. fashion that other people might use in a judgmental fashion. Exactly. But what, we're, what, what you're doing is identifying pieces yeah. of a genre and, and how it's marketed. And what is, kind of, what is kind of funny now, because uh, HarperCollins uh, is making large pushes over the last year or two in, into Sweden and to so who owns both Avon Books and Harlequin in Sweden and stuff 
And so you see they're making a push both of translations and they're working with um, Swedish authors. We have Simona Arnqvist who has... Simona Arnstedt, feel free to edit that because I'm not, I do know her name. I just have, (laughs) Swedish names are like in in two parts and they're like usually, kvist means like a twig. And it's, so they're nature pieces and I can never, like, so it's like. Mountain. Stream. Stream. Mountain twig. Mountain tree. And it's. (laughs) So Arnstedt is. Well, Arn is a name and Stedt. Uh, it's it's German, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 not, but it's so it's reformulated in the same way. So there's repeated pieces that yeah. show up in a lot of yeah, and they okay. and I have I have weird aphasia for that. So sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I don't ever remember yeah. the title or the author. Yeah. Okay, so the cover had a woman. Yeah. 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 Go find. So Simona Arnstedt has uh, she started out writing historical romance set in Swedish history, uh, which I thought was really fun and cool, and it's more feminist and smart uh, than a lot of English language historical like far historical medieval we have this we have this like uh total uh, you guys say turkey in English like a like a there's a series of books that's uh written kind of like old school romances uh uh clan of the cave bear yeah yeah it's the but it's got it's got a lot of romance and nudity and sex in it but it's American books are they American books yeah Gina Howell is Oh, been, oh my god! Oh my god! I've been thinking these are Swedish for oh, years. Oh no, no, no! They're huge. No, no, those are uh, they're huge. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. But okay, I feel really right. ignorant right now. No, I love okay. you. But uh, sorry about it. So Simona Arnqvist has been sort of pioneering first historical romance and then uh, contemporary romance, sort of turn like very much concentrating on romance romance mm-hmm. um and harper collins is now both finding swedish authors and doing translations but i f- what i find fascinating is that a lot of the review copies that we have been getting it's like they're trying to i don't want to say trick people but the graphic language still feels very chiclety and sometimes like you'll have a historical romance that has to me a sort of sweet women's fiction cover, yeah. which I feel you will not get the buyers who want historical romance. And if you buy it thinking that you're getting sweet women's fiction, you're going to be disappointed and annoyed. So I think that they're still fine. Like the, the Swedish romance market is still finding its yeah. language, finding its courage. Mm-hmm. And Simona Arnstedt, actually her contemporary romance novels have also come out with different covers. Like it's almost the Harry Potter thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't, we've talked about this a little bit. It's like, and it's like, they're even not entirely sure if they're doing it so that people can read them without feeling ashamed or to get people to pick them up and find them interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 I think it's fascinating to, to talk about covers, but it's, it's that thing where they're still trying to figure out what are we doing? How do we reposition both, you know, the Harlequin right. concept yeah. and the romance novel in general? Right. And part of that might also be just that we have a very different history of, of sexism and marriage and, for that matter, even just, like, to get super nerdy and stupid about it, to be like, when you have social safety nets, marriage isn't the same kind of happily ever after. To be, no, yeah, like, if you want to... Re- ever after. If you want to really pull it to, it to its extreme... Means something different. Means something different and, you know, be, we don't have the same kind of shame or complication for... Getting pregnant, getting ruined, all that stuff. And I, I don't know if I'm maybe reading too much into it, but I think it's when the structure is different. It's the same as, like, historical romance is very satisfying to read and write because the stakes are massive. 
Whereas in contemporary romance, you really have to find something else. Because it's not like, oh no, I was in the room with him. What shall I do? Uh, you have to do something else. And I think maybe on, on that scale from like historical or like Regency to uh, contemporary American, and then even further along that is, is Swedish, where you go, oh, because I, I personally have a hard time reading Swedish romance. I've tried a few times. Um, but for me, it's it's part of what Julia says, that it's a, the tension that is existent in English-American contexts is kind of gone. It and doesn't exist in yes. Sweden. And there isn't that sort of so sexual so shame and fear. So you're not super big about, like, secret babies? <laughs> no, yeah. no, not, not, not that many secret babies. And, and, and in a way... Plus we have fewer billionaires, so yes. there's that. <laughs> and, and, and no cowboys. We have we have farmers. Yes, we have farmers, and they have cows, but or pigs or pigs, but we we are not ranchers in that no. sense. We don't have many uh, romantic stereotypes to build tropes around, uh, in the same to the same extent. Um, but it, it's, there's also the fact that just as Julia says, the, the industry and the market is kind of finding its legs, uh, and in that process, they're going through a lot of the same motions that you can see in the American romance industry from like 30 years ago, in that. Um, a lot of the romance that you read right now rarely find they, they rely heavily on the tropes, just like category romance does. Um, it's, it, a, it's a little bit like how romantic comedies and horror movies in the early two thousands were like, how do we deal with cell phones? <laughs> like, if you can either Google or you can text someone or you could like, how how do we work around yeah. this? And I think it's a little bit the same thing where you're like, so how how do we find our tension? Yes. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, you can either choose medical romance. There's medical romance, there's finance romance, and there's, what's the third one? There's, uh, like, or maybe it's like countryside, because it's, it's sort of the city rancher country. western kind of, yeah. City country. But, yeah. It's more, but it's more small town rather than country, yeah. which right. is, yeah. Small town, big city. Yes. And, and that is kind of, um, when, you're, when you get spoiled, like we do with American romance and the, and the, and the, and the variation and diversity and the enormously uh, creative ways that people have worked with tropes, it's kind of hard to go back when you're reading a lot of Swedish romance. Not to say that there aren't amazing Swedish romance writers, but the tropes and the tensions yeah. and the obstacles yeah. are different. Yeah, and so you, you have to... That's not even a reinvention. It's just like you have to find your speed and your thing. And it's it's that thing where you have different languages. It's, it's not the love languages of like touch and stuff, but you have different <laughs> languages of love, different languages of misunderstandings and you know communication and and, and that whole thing and to be a little crass i can't read swedish sex scenes i i i cannot <laughs> i i can't handle it. i start to blush and i get that sort of secondary shame thing like oh no 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 it's like watching an, uh, an episode you, of extras or the office it makes you cringe yes <laughs> so much cringe i'm sorry but it's and it's not the author's fault it's just the fact that swedish sex sex words terrify me <laughs> And we, and we and we use oh no it's fine it's, it's fine. fine and it we we will sometimes use and we will sometimes use them on the podcast just to make her uncomfortable oh yeah because oh, yeah. we it's are like, bad people it's like people hating the word moist and then people keep mocking them with it it's that, that's kind of what they do with me yeah <laughs> yeah we we sometimes have to almost remind ourselves during the podcast that we actually love each other <laughs> because all five of us you know we we know each other to this point you know all of our you know tastes and catnips and weird hang-ups and so we mock each other and then we have to go wait no i but i, I think I'll, for instance right now I'm, I'm working on a series of knit lit contemporary romance very sort of cozy small 
small conflict because I, I love almost all types of romance, but I do sometimes feel like, I just want to read something that is not going to make me cry. Uh, some, or that is going to make me cry a little because, oh, you dumbasses. And then I go, oh. Um, and I've been sort of going back and forth because I'm writing it in, in English and I'm going back and forth between like, should I, because right now it's set in a small town in Oregon because, you know, you want to sell it in America primarily. And then you go, but should it be set in Sweden? Because then you get like, ooh, this is exotic. But then they'd be super disappointed because they're not all tall and blonde. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you kind of yeah, because there's a Swedish trope too. There's a Viking trope, and there's a there's a lot of cliches. And you kind of want to in romance, you have to play with them rather than subvert them completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's and true. I think that that would be that would be a different book. That would be you know like that would the. Be very And that is all for this week's episode. I want to thank Melody and Julia for hanging out with me. They did an interview with me for their show, and they did a whole bunch of other interviews at RT. So as those episodes appear on their podcast, I will make sure to link to them. Most of their podcast is in Swedish, but there are a few English episodes, and I will link to Romance Podden so you can check it out. It's really kind of cool. I mean, not even kind of. It's very cool. I also want to thank Audible for sponsoring this episode, and I want to thank you, You, you for listening. If you have told somebody about the podcast or if you've left a review on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts, you are being super awesome human beings. You're just making the world a better place and you're helping other people discover podcasts, which apparently are the coolest thing. I mean, I've always known that because I wanted to have my own radio show. So now I talk into an Amazon box with sound foam in it and I got my own show. It's pretty rad. And if you would like to support this show, Um, I'm not going to upgrade my sound box because the cats love it too much, but I am working with new equipment and that is all thanks to Patreon supporters. So if you have a look at patreon.com slash smart bitches, you can make a monthly pledge for as little as one whole dollar and you are making a gigantic difference in helping me produce a better show each day. I really appreciate your support and I really appreciate that you're listening. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. This is Caravan Palace. This track is called Lazy Place. I am entirely in favor of all lazy places. I presume reading happens there. This is from their double album, which includes Panic and Caravan Palace. I really like pretty much every song on this album. So if you double set, actually, two albums. So you can check it out at Amazon or at iTunes. And you can check out Caravan Palace on Facebook and on their website, caravanpalace.com. I will have links to all of the books we discussed. I'll also have links to Mango, which is the language software that I use through my library to try to learn Swedish. Very, very elementary Swedish, purely for this interview. Um, Now watch, I'll end up in Sweden for an extended period of time and only be able to say, hi, how are you? What's your name? But if you have a public library who subscribes to Mango, that means you can learn languages through Mango. Mango is not paying for this placement. Uh, Mango has nothing to do with me, but I really enjoyed using it. I used Duolingo and I used Mango and I found both of them really fun. I'll also link to Romance Podden and Scandinavia and the World, which is a terrific webcomic that we talked a little bit about too. If you would like to email me suggestions or ideas or questions, please do. It's super awesome to hear from you. Our email address here is sbjpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're thinking that's a little hard to remember, you can try Sarah at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. Uh, Orville is now on the desk. He is here for sound engineering purposes and also flopping over on my keyboard. Oh crap. Please don't re- Oh my God. He's rearranging the sound files with his butt. Life is great. Okay. Let's rescue the equipment from my large cat's butt. He's totally on the mouse. I can't stop recording now. Isn't that great? 
totally great. Give me my mouse. Give me, get, uh, literally the mouse is under his guts. I can't, I cannot at this time. I can, I, I can only can, I cannot, or no, I can't. Whatever it is, there's there's a cat, and he took my mouse with his with his gut. I like literally can't see it on my desk. So anyway, on behalf of Orville, who is now taking up sixty five percent of my desk, and everyone here, and the lovely ladies of Romance Baden, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a great weekend. Now, how am I going to stop recording? I, I need the I need the mouse. Can I have the mouse, please? Which part of you is it? Give me the. All right, there. Finally. Got the mouse out from under the cat. Have a great weekend.